time to relax. You know what that means. It's time after so, so, so many weeks to finally put Jason to bed. And he's going to bed without a supper because he's been a bad boy killing all those camp counselors. I'm Kevin Jank. I'm Peter Jank. You thought there was a delay, <laughs> huh? There's no delay in this one, people. We're going for Even the real Skype, deal. We can't get the timing down. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no delay here today. No sir, no Bob. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> To address the uh, elephant in the room here, this, the show probably sounds a little bit differently. And no, you did not have a stroke. That's because we're doing it on Skype, which we've done before, uh, less successfully. I think this is actually going to be the time that works. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think that this will work. Um, I think that it sounds better. We've tried this once or twice now um, yeah. with other means, and uh, it didn't seem like it worked. It sounded more like uh, just people having a conversation oh the old telefonono what's that <laughs> that's spanish for telephone <laughs> well blog talk was the conversation on the telefonono except it was like an old school telephone that took like it had like the speed of a pony express where it took forever for the sound to hit the other person it was basically just ass <laughs> but here we are kissing ass <laughs> And that's what the show is all about. Indeed. <laughs> well, let's get to our first uh, exciting topic for today. We're, as I mentioned there in the opening, we're finally at the last Friday the 13th movie, at least that there is so far. Um, that's not to say that there won't be more in the future that we'll probably have to review. <laughs> but at least for now, we're all done with this franchise. Twelve movies in, and we finally did it. We didn't want to do it, but here we are. <laughs> uh, this was this was a tough experience. This is we're talking about the last movie in the franchise here, which is the reboot from 2009. Um, it was kind of an unnecessary movie, in my opinion. <laughs> I honestly don't know why they had to make a reboot and couldn't have just made this another sequel. Um, it I was pretty much that... another sequel in a weird way. I don't know. Yeah. There's so many things I want to say about this movie. <laughs> so many. It uh, it seems like they, from what I saw online, they, somebody mentioned that the, the people who made this movie had really been fans of the first four Friday the 13th movies. So they tried to take elements of each and combine them into one movie, which... You can tell right there, sounds like a terrible, terrible idea. <laughs> it's true, because they rushed the first movie into about 15 seconds in the very beginning yep. of this one. Uh, you got a little bit of the second one, because we do, we do see uh, Jason with a pillow pillowcase face. Pillowcase face, Jason. And, uh, and then we see the third one, just a little bit, where we see him retrieve the hockey mask and put yep. that on his face. And then the fourth one was when... Uh, they're pretty much all in a cabin that has nothing to do with Camp Crystal Lake, uh, where the fourth one was very much like. Yeah, and where the guy is looking for his sister or trying to avenge his sister, like the guy in four. Yep. Um, which it doesn't make sense for him to really be doing that, considering this is the first movie. <laughs> Whereas at least that one, it made more sense because his sister got killed in one of the other movies. This one, they kind of crammed the basically the second movie into about 15 minutes at the beginning. <laughs> So they had spent about two minutes on the first movie, 15 minutes on the second movie, and then they decided to be like, oh, now it's part four. Except no one's near as interesting as Crispin Glover. <laughs> it's true. 
No one. Not even Asian boy. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. That kid. Like, I've never seen anyone in my life talk to themselves as much as that kid does. Like, I realize it's a movie, and it'd be kind of uninteresting if he was just walking through the basement not talking to himself at all, but god damn, he's like putting on a whole three-man show for nobody. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand it. I do want to st- – well, let's start this off. So basically here in uh, Friday the 13th, the remake here, we uh, we are greeted with uh, Jason's mother talking to the uh, the counselor in pretty much the first movie. And yeah. it's the scene it's even w- set in 1980, I believe it says so, which is weird and doesn't make sense. But basically, uh, we're we're greeted with her kind of saying, "Oh, you killed Jason, blah blah blah." The first movie, and then you see uh, the counselor, you know, take the machete and take off uh, Pamela's head. That's how that movie, or that well, that's how that scene pretty much ends. And then it's the credits ish. I don't actually know if the credits even show, but I'm not entirely sure. Nope. Actually, uh, that was one of the things I thought was weird about this movie is they don't show the title card until 23 minutes into the movie. Correct. 23 yes. minutes. Um, so then we are greeted with now this group of campers. And this group of campers are basically going out and uh, looking for this pile or patch of weed that was, I guess, secondhand told them from some source saying, hey, there's some weed in the woods over near Camp Crystal Lake. So they're going out there thinking they're going to become rich or something like that. Uh, one of actually the one couple looks like they just don't belong there, nor do they give a shit. Um, uh, <laughs> they were not very interested in the weed, but, but basically, I think more dabs people. Yeah, <laughs> basically, there's five of them. One of them's kind of like the smart kind of kid with the GPS and the knowing of weed and all that stuff. Uh, the other couple was just a horny couple, and then the last couple, which is. I guess our final girl, but I can't really say that it was, but then it kind of was. So it introduces her and then her boyfriend, which again, that couple does not look like they really kind of want to be there. The other couple were just horny and like, we just want to boink in the woods. We'll (laughs) we'll do some hits later too. Why not? Yep. Um, That sounds about right. But yeah, so basically uh, what we're greeted with here is then um, uh, Jason, I guess the first time after almost 30 years or something like that, he comes out of the woods after they find a patch of weed, kills the nerdy guy. Uh, you don't even really see how he even dies. So the first kill in a movie, you don't even get to see it. Um, <laughs> Something involving he ended up getting stabbed to a tree, I think. You would think so, but I'm not entirely sure because then he also lost his ear. So what What? <laughs> what happened there? Jason's pulling a mer- uh, fucking what, Daryl Dixon. Yep. Wearing a necklace full of ears. Um but then, uh, and then we just slowly see the campers die, and just before the girl, uh, oh man, Whitney, uh, just before Whitney passes away or gets slaughtered, the the title <laughs> screen pops up as well. I mean, just before that, we see Jason come down with the machete, and then title title card. Um, yeah, we do see probably the best death in the movie, but I guess we'll save that for uh, exactly yes. <laughs> for best kill later. Yeah, on. we'll we'll get to that, and I, I I'm kind of with you on that as well. So now we're greeted with a brand new group of <laughs> teenagers. This movie <laughs> went from one group to another group. It was very strange. Um, yeah, which is sad because the one guy who uh, was in the bear trap, I really like that actor, but I cannot remember what else he's been in. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I don't know. I want to say like, like he seemed like the movie. guy from American Pie, but he was way too young to yeah. be that guy. I have to look him up later. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, 
uh, we move on to the next group of people, and they're now going to this guy named Trent's dad's cabin. Uh, we pretty much realize almost right away that he's only bringing them there just to show off his dad's rich lifestyle, I suppose, where his very first kill, his massive hunting skills, was to slaughter a bobcat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so before we get to that, we get to, uh, see them enter a store and it's like, uh, it's called the outpost. And basically they are in there to get some, uh, foods and stuff like that. But we're also greeted with, uh, uh, supernatural boy. Uh, we see supernatural boy and he is looking for his sister, which is Whitney from the first group of campers. If you're confused, so are we. So basically (laughs) what we're doing here now is, uh, watching kind of the, personalities of these new campers and every cliche you could possibly expect as there is one black guy and he makes you feel bad that he's black but then you realize no my stereotype was right he did there was one (laughs) specific scene where he's like well you know i I needed to do some business here i don't have access to my cell phone there's no service out here she's like oh what kind of business well you know i'm trying to do uh you know some some business in music oh she's like oh that's interesting rap Oh, just because I'm black, you think I'm going to do rap? (laughs) Just because I'm black, you don't think I like Green Day? Well, what kind of music then? Rap. (laughs) What? (laughs) Who's the racist one here? I don't understand (laughs) it. But yeah, so we we get that a few times from the black guy. We've got an Asian guy who's supposed to be, and I'll put this in air quotes, comic relief. Um, Then you got the wild white boy who's kind of the, not the bad boy, just kind of like the, the wild card. Yeah. Um, you have two blonde girls that are identical. There is no difference between the two of them. Oh, no. I disagree with that. One of them was very hot. The other one, not so much. <laughs> oh, they were both pretty hot. Uh, one of them was hotter. I agree with you on that. But there was no personality differences at all. Both of them <laughs> yeah, were retarded true. blonde girls. Um, <laughs> then we were uh, introduced to the rich boy, Trent, um, like I already said, and then his girlfriend, Jenna, who's kind of like the nerdy slash innocent kind of, I was in the the movie Sky High Girl. Um, <laughs> yeah, played by Danielle Panabaker, who plays Killer Frost on The Flash. Oh. So this is a very CW-heavy uh, episode of Friday the 13th. Oh, episode. <laughs> <laughs> Next week on Friday the 13th, we have Killer Frost. Oh, this is going to be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see that battle. All right. Um, but yeah, so then basically um, uh, we see them finally make their way to the house. We in, were introduced to more of their shenanigans there. And mostly we're introduced that Trent is an asshole. But let me back that up. He, his dad's got all this really nice stuff in his cabin. And we see him pretty much uh, kind of react in certain ways after some of his friends are pieces of shit ruining his oak oak stained table and other things in the house. Now, I don't know who the bigger piece of shit is in this movie. Trent, who's an asshole, or the pieces of shit friends he has because everyone but Jenna is just a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody is just a piece of shit in this movie. I can pretty much stop and go straight into the kills with Jason right after I'm done talking with this because I mean the rest of the movie is irrelevant, but basically if you think about it, let me go through some of the people and their piece of shit ways. <laughs> so they're playing beer pong and stuff like that, and they're drinking out of shoes or whatnot. Ugh, that's um, gross. Yeah, it, does, it is gross. But um, there's a scene also where they're kind of partying, and the Asian boy burns his lip on a shot glass, and he breaks one of the chairs. 
All right, he's kind of a piece of <laughs> shit there. What were you doing? What were you thinking? Trent acts like an asshole saying, dude, that's my dad's chair. What am I supposed to do? And Asian boy goes out to the shed and go fix or to go get some tools. That's going to be in air quotes as well because no, n- none of that happens. He actually breaks more shit on his way to the, the, the tools. Um, the black guy, the black guy is just going to fucking masturbate right on the, on the couch to girl in sweatshirt. Yeah, to a uh, to heavy sweater lady. Catalog. Oh my god! Like, what the hell is that about? That you don't like, do that in the That's something you did house. in the nineties. Yeah. No, 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 no. We don't, we don't do that. We don't do that. Uh, we got blonde girl, who's I'm, I would imagine friends with Jenna, boinking Jenna's boyfriend. What? What? <laughs> that's a maybe piece she of was shit. just friends with the other blonde girl, and I don't know who she was friends with. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. She just wanted to bang that one guy, so she tagged along. Wildcard boy, um, he says, hey, we're going to go, uh, I think, go, I don't even know what he was going to go do, but he was going to go to the other side of the lake to go maybe explore or some shit like that. But Trent says, well, here's the here's my truck keys. Pretty much be careful with my truck, and when you take the gas cans to the boat, don't touch the boat. Wildcard boy touches boat. <laughs> he immediately what? even says, like, you know, as soon as he said that, I'm going to touch the boat. What does that say about me? Well, you're a fucking asshole. That's what it says yeah, you, about you, you. You're a piece of shit, wild card boy. <laughs> so he brings his girlfriend along the not-so-good look. I mean, she's still pretty hot, but not as hot as other blonde girl, um, who's also assholes. Because then she goes and then takes boat with him, pretty much in, like kind of like, hey, yeah, we're touching that boat. And guess what? I'm going topless <laughs> while water skiing. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> um, so hopefully he's okay with that. Hopefully he's okay with me being a piece of shit. So, uh, so sounds about right. The only one who's not a piece of shit is Jenna. It seems like where we are introduced to uh, Supernatural Boy. He comes to the house not knowing that it's their house, um, and he's trying to hand out posters for his lost sister or missing sister. And uh, Trent does not like this guy uh, because of a previous uh, kerfuffle, I guess, at the outpost. Yeah, they got into a little bit of a thing at the at the store. Uh, but even Jenna, like, I mean, it's kind of a dick move on her part to just be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go off in the woods with this guy and I didn't really tell anybody. <laughs> this guy we just met. Yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye. I, I kind of agree with See you ya, there. Boyfriend. But at the same time, her boyfriend seemed like an asshole the entire time he was there. And she tried to, like, there was a scene where she's just like, oh, you know, maybe, you know, we can go on a hike or something like that to her boyfriend, obviously. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've got some moves for you. Ugh, I think it involves my wiener. So then she's like, well, I don't want I don't want that. I don't want that around me. So then she, like, goes inside, and then shortly after that, that's where uh, Supernatural Boy walks in. And um, we, she, she pretty much invites him inside the house, and Trent is very upset about this because he doesn't want him there. And basically what ends up happening is uh, they get into a kerfuffle again where they're just like, oh, I'm going to – I'm going to show you my dick. And the other guy's like, well, I'm going to show you my dick. It's definitely going to be bigger. And the other guy's like, well, mine's wider, though. And then it's just like it's this weird like <laughs> this weird scenario where the girl's just like, no, 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 you guys need to stop fighting um, kind of thing. And then the guy's like, get out of my house. I'm going to show you my dick. And then he's just like, fuck, I don't want to look at that dick. Mine's so wide it could swallow yours whole. Ah, it's just it's, – it's upsetting. So um, – so Supernatural Boy leaves, and she's like, well, I'm going to walk him outside at least. And this is the part where I kind of agree with you because she's like, well, do you want company? Well, you walked him yeah. out. Do, do you need to go – do you need to go overboard? Right. And, you need to go with him on his journey into into God knows where. Yeah, exactly. He's going to the other side of the lake. You've never been here. What does that even mean? <laughs> We're not sure. 
Like it's one thing to uh, to be nice and stuff like that, but I, I mean, I definitely don't understand why she was with Trent because the two of them don't make any sense together. But at the same time, like you're still being kind of a dick to him, right? By doing this, you know what's weird is I thought the same thing because uh, I watched this movie a few weeks ago, probably actually a few months ago, um, and then. Um, I thought the same thing and going into this one I was like why are they together but it was that one scene where she's like hey do you want to go on a hike and it seemed like they probably worked that now this guy's a piece of shit he shouldn't have a girlfriend I agree with you there (laughs) but I think that they kind of had some kind of chemistry there because it was like a nice little oh you know you want to go for a hike he's like I don't know these guys are kind of being dicks and she's like well why did you even bring him here and it seemed like all right I can see where it's working he's just mostly just an asshole because he's got these pieces of shit friends who keep fucking up his house (laughs) so um yep he was kind of justified in that part right so (laughs) they really are being fucking pains in the ass they are so I was just like okay I could see maybe them working I, I mean deep 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 cut but yeah uh, but basically, um, uh, where was I going to go from there? Uh, oh yeah. So they go, they go out and, uh, explore the other side of the lake to go find some more cabins, which were greeted, uh, with, I think we see kind of Camp Crystal Lake at this point or something like that. But before we do that, we get to the, the, uh, the, the boat, the, the, the boat in the water skiing, uh, where we finally see Jason with this crew. Oh no, no, no. No, 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 I was wrong. Um, let me back up a little bit because this part really, this part infuriated <laughs> me. So, oh, God, I think I know what you're talking about. So we go to, before uh, Supernatural Boy actually goes to their house, he goes to this old barn first and meets up with Always Sunny, uh, uh, Tard Rapper from that show. And he's just kind of like this hillbilly out there kind of like working in his workshop doing something. And... Uh, he's like, Hey, have you seen her? And he's like, well, no, I haven't seen her. Blah, blah, blah. Do you want some weed? I found a whole bunch of weed, blah, blah, blah. There's this interaction going on. And, uh, basically what ends up happening is, uh, supernatural boy, he leaves and this guy stays there still working at his house that I would imagine he would be there for years and years and years, at least 20 years. He probably grew up in this place. And then we see Jason pretty much just kind of like come along for some reason, which makes no goddamn sense. Um, but it, it, the guy, the guy, uh, the, the, the hillbilly guy, he goes upstairs cause he hears a sound he's like, Oh, I hope nobody's touching my kerosene. What? <laughs> he goes upstairs. He talks to his weird mannequin. Fuck buddy. Sex style. Yeah. Sex yeah. style. It's just gross. And then he sees Jason. Jason kills him. None of that makes any sense. None of it. <laughs> that guy's been living there for years. It's not like he yeah. just moved in yesterday. He's been living there for years. But at that time, we see him, um, hillbilly guy, reach up and grab his mask. I'm not entirely sure why, but he grabs his pillowcase face, removes that. We see kind of a, a quick glimpse of Jason's face in this movie. It's definitely Jason's face. Um, but at this time, you know, it, his pillowcase face is now torn. So just underneath the pillowcase face, as he lifts it up, he sees, what's that? Yeah, that's a hockey mask. He finds the hockey mask, puts it on his face. His new face is reborn, I suppose. Um, I just, I cannot believe that this guy who's been living there for years yeah. is greeted with Jason for absolutely no reason. <laughs> you know what I also found weird? I never had thought about this until that moment for some reason. I don't know why it took me this long to think of this, but why does Jason bother wearing a mask anyway? 
I think whether it's bandages or the hockey mask, why? It's not like he's got to keep his secret identity so that he can go out and be a businessman during the daytime. I think it has to <laughs> or do like with... he doesn't want people, the cops, to be able to find him. It's like either way, they're gonna know. Like you're not being under, you know, you're not give your. As soon as if people see your normal face, they're gonna know it's you. If they see a guy who's always wearing a hockey mask, they're gonna know it's you. Also, you're not keeping anybody calm by wearing it. Like, oh, they might be freaked out if they saw your other face. If you're wearing a seeing a huge guy in a hockey mask, that's just as scary. That's true. As seeing a guy with a deformed face. So I don't know. I think it's kind of leather face syndrome because why? Why is leather face where other people's faces? I think it's because you're just hideous and. When Jason died, uh, I think that's part of the reason why he was picked on and left to drown because he was the ugly kid. So he, I think deep down he knows he's the ugly kid. So basically his way of coping with that, and, that, and this is how I've always saw it, was, and that's why he's ugly, um, he copes with it by just wearing a mask to kind of just hide it from the world. Whether He doesn't want people pretty much seeing that face. I, and, and it's the same thing with Leatherface. I think his family's made fun of him, and everybody's made fun of him, so he just wears other people's faces to kind of cope with that. At least with Leatherface, I think it makes a little more sense because he's worried about what his family will think, whereas Jason doesn't have anybody. He's, the only people going to see him are people he's murdering. <laughs> so what does he really care I mean, what they think of him? That's true, too, but I guess in his defense. Maybe that's the way to really defeat Jason is instead of, like, fighting back, you just call him an Ugmo and, like, he'll start crying. An Ugmo. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think, I think is, it, like I said, I think it's because he was left for dead and it's because he was picked on so heavily. I, I, I can only imagine that is the only reason why he would ever wear <laughs> something over his face because he was picked on and pretty much, like I said, left left to drown in the water. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm that, sure that would scar reason, me. But, <laughs> but he seems like he's risen above those type of things. He just has mommy issues now. I mean, if somebody started picking on me and saying, you're ugly, you need to go die in some water. I'd be like, I, I <laughs> this I is first grade this all over again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't pee my pants. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, so we, uh, we see the, the two in the boat now. And uh, one of them is water skiing topless. The other one uh, is riding the boat. Um, we'll let you figure out which one's doing what. But basically <laughs> what ends up happening is Jason, uh, we, we, we're, finally, we're finally brought to the conclusion that he is the green arrow. Shoots an arrow straight through uh, the driver's head. And the girl kind of like took a took like kind of like a nosedive, not because of that, uh, but just prior to the arrow being shot, she you know she hit a killer wave, and yeah. uh, kind of just fell into the water. She's waiting for her boyfriend to pick her back up uh, out of the water. So I, I would imagine kind of do it again or whatever, get back up on the the water ski. And he turns the boat around. Uh, Green Arrow shoots him right through the face. He kind of like falls forward and hits the throttle, and now is coming at her full speed with the boat. And she's just like, hey, 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 what are you doing? Waving in the air, just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm here. The boat is coming straight at her head at this point. Yep. She's just like, hey, he's totally going to stop. Yeah. The boats stop on a dime. Uh, so she uh, she gets hit in the face with boats, still is uh, alive. Now, the cool thing is, is I think she would technically be alive. And I think she reacted about how I would imagine getting hit in the face with a boat. She's kind of uh, kind of out of it. She's still kind of floating, but she's not like swimming like an olympian she's just kind of treading water like almost like ouch <laughs> i don't know how. she's got a severe concussion <laughs> yeah she she should probably not sleep for the next four to six hours 
Um, so basically, um, she is trying to swim to the shore. She sees uh, Jason with the machete. She's like, what do you want with me? And then she swims away. I think that's what the, she said. It was such yeah. a stupid question. <laughs> what do you want <laughs> with me? I don't remember what exactly what it was, but it was pretty bad. So she uh, somehow swims under the docks and, air quotes, got away from Jason-ish, where he walks on top of the docks thinking that he could see her, but she's underneath, so she can kind of see him through the cracks, kind of walking on the docks, walking back off the docks, and then a machete comes down right through her head, pulls her and her uh, boobalooms right out of the water, (laughs) and she's instantly dead. I like the boobalooms part. Um, (laughs) Can't complain about that. Exactly. Uh, So then uh, then we move on to uh, the other two, uh, Supernatural Boy and Jenna. They, like I said, they kind of walked into Camp Crystal Lake checking all these cabins and whatnot. And at this point, it's already dark. What do you got? I did want to mention before we get too far, I, I liked the part earlier in the movie where this guy, you know, the, the supernatural guy is looking for his sister. And uh, he's talking to one of the local cops who's trying to run him out of town, doesn't want him there, looking for him. He's like, like they're not out there. They're not in these, in these woods. We checked for evidence. There's nothing. No crime scene. No nothing. No evidence of them ever being here. Like, you're telling me Jason cleaned up all of that blood and everything. He's also a CSI, and he knows where all the blood is and how to clean up all the evidence in the entire woods. I find that hard to believe. It's very hard to believe. Like, that guy was stabbed to a tree. There's going to be blood in that tree and all over that tree. He even picked up his ear out of the weed plants. (laughs) Um, Apparently, he's that good. But Supernatural Boy, as soon as he steps into Camp Crystal Lake, he does find a GPS plainly right there in the middle of the path, showing some signs of evidence that his friends have been there. So the cops didn't do a good job. Nope. Um, So basically what ends up happening then is uh, it's dark time. He said, hey, let's check this one last cabin, and then we'll head back. And then uh, they see somebody walking up with looks like a body making their way towards them. They're like, let's boogaloo. And hide. So they hide underneath something. I'm not sure if it was one of the cabins or the boats. It's never really made quite clear. I'm not entirely sure. But basically, uh, as they're running underneath whatever the hell it is, they leave their backpack there. Jason shows up. I don't know why he shows up because (laughs) it makes no goddamn sense. He shows up, though, drops the body, picks up the bag. He's like, he gets all angry because he thinks that somebody's there. He removes all the boats, but now at this time, the two of them, again, I thought they were under the cabin, but when he removes the boats, they're standing up looking behind something else. So if they're under the cabin, why the fuck would they be standing up looking behind something? But if they're in the boats, was it made to think that they were under the boats? And when he got to the boats and started moving them all, they made it? I have no idea. That's the problem with this movie. Like, a lot of it, like, I miss the old movies where it was nighttime, but they actually shot it in, you know, well-lit areas. Mm-hmm. This movie just decided to be more realistic by, like, just having it be pitch black most of the time so you can't tell what's going on. Yeah, it was, it was just really confusing. But anyway, so Jason picks up the bag, picks up the body, then leaves that area probably to go back to his house where the the where I, it looks like he's been stashing the bodies. So why the <laughs> fuck did he come to Camp Crystal Lake n- near the cabins? That didn't make any sense at all. Got to stock up on supplies. He doesn't want to keep the supplies in the same area as the bodies. Ah, so anyways, for some reason. 
So he, he throws the body that he had, which is a headless somebody, because I don't know who the headless person was, because he didn't chop up anybody's head that scene. He only machined yeah. on one girl, and then it looks like it was probably the dude, because I think he had a jacket. I think they did mention when they got back to the house who was dead, but I don't remember. I don't know. I don't think they did, to be honest. I think they said it was... No, 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 they didn't, because they said that he was carrying a dead body, and then they asked where... Oh, man, I can't remember their fucking names. Uh, oh, but yeah. the guy who took the boat and his girlfriend were, and they're like, oh, they left hours ago. They were, they went by the boat. So <laughs> they never mentioned who it was. And then the crazy thing is, so when Jason drops the body off, he's got this dead body with no head because he drops it down on the ground, drops the backpack, kind of throws it near uh, Whitney. We finally see Whitney for the first time. She's being held hostage or captive by Jason <laughs> because of a locket that she found in the house because she kind of resembles Pamela uh Voorhees somehow um <laughs> but basically uh so basically we see her pick up the bag and she realizes that it's uh her brother's because she's got the flyers in there and or he's got the flyers in there and she immediately realizes oh it's clay now two things i want to bring up one does she realize that at that point that it's clay that her brother that okay he's out there he's going to save me or is it two was that clay on Jason's shoulders? Oh. But she doesn't freak out that it was clay on Jason's shoulders, but why wouldn't nope. she think that it was that? It's a good point. <laughs> it's a very good point. I'd be like, oh my God, he just brought back Clay's bag, and there was a guy with no head that had to have been <laughs> my brother. No, 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 no. She, I don't think she thinks that. She's not putting two and two together. She just thinks, oh God, that was another guy. And my, my brother's looking for me, thank God. <laughs> huh that's weird unless she knows the sound her brother's body makes when it's dead and falls on the floor <laughs> <laughs> i mean They're that's that a possibility <laughs> um yeah that's true that could be a thing um but we'll never be quite sure but here we go uh, so then after that, we are then uh, brought back to the house where uh, Supernatural Boy and Jenna show up and say, hey, there's a killer out there. We saw a dead body. What's going on? We got we to gotta figure out what's going on. We got to call the cops, uh, blah, 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 blah. They call the cops. It takes the cops, I don't know, probably like 50 minutes to get there. Um, everything in there is very vague in this movie, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. There's two, two instances where this happens. One uh, so he's trying, uh, Trent's trying to give directions to Wildcard. Hey, uh, to get to the boat, you need to go down this road, and then on Town Road, you need to take a right, and then another right. Ah, never mind. Just type boat in the nav. <laughs> what? <laughs> it must be saved in there. As boat? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, like, I guess in your, it's your personal, you know, it's that truck's navigation system, so they probably saved it in there because they go there all the time. Okay, so then how does, how does this one come in play? So Supernatural Boy calls <laughs> the cops. He says, hey, I'm in a house by the lake. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> the cop, it's probably why the cops took forever to get there in the first place because they looked for every damn house near the lake. That sounded weird to me, too. I thought, like, what the fuck? The only thing I could think of to rationalize that was maybe they have caller ID so they could see, you know, what location you're calling from. Which is but, possible. I mean, uh, they do that, I guess, like, if you call 911 and then yeah. you're playing a prank or whatever, they'll 
somehow get the information they need to get to your address. I mean, that was the only other thing. It just, I thought it was very weird. Like, hey, what's the address to this place? No, that wasn't asked. Was, I'm, in a, I'm in a house near the lake. <laughs> okay. That really, that really uh-huh. kind of, uh, that kind of narrows it down. <laughs> well, you know, you could just give us the address. Uh, that'd be more helpful. Thank you. You said there was a killer, right? An address, please. <laughs> You want us to just go door to door for the rest of the night till we find you? Stupid. So anyways, <laughs> um, we, we then uh, see uh, at this point, uh, China Boy, he's already outside looking for those tools to repair that chair that he broke. And we see that he dies. Um, he never touches a tool in there. He, uh, he ends up playing a little bit of basketball. And then after he plays basketball, he does find a hockey stick where then, again, he breaks more stuff. He breaks a light, then starts shifting light glass all over the place. And uh, he's pretty drunk. He's also drinking some very old liquor that his dad probably has had in there forever. But he's taken it upon himself to be a piece of shit (laughs) and drink it and talk to himself some more and drink a little bit more than talk to himself some more. (laughs) <laughs> it's absurd. Um, yep. So then we uh, we see him die. Uh, Black uh, Blackie he goes outside and he is now looking for his, his boy because uh, I guess uh, the, the the Asian friend and the black friend are I guess friends. Uh, it seemed like they were like maybe good friends or something like that because they've had uh, smoking parties before. Yeah. Um, they've had threesomes with this bong. Yes, apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically he's like, well, I'm going to go outside and try to find, I can't remember his name, the, the Asian kid though. And basically he goes outside, is looking for him. He sees a little bit of blood on the floor in the shed that he was in. And then he's hanging from the rafters and he's like, oh shit, blah, 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 gotta go. So then, uh, I mean, Jason shows up and he actually puts on a pretty good fight. Um, I mean, it kind of kicks Jason's ass. I wouldn't say it kicks his ass, but it gets away with him like almost with ease. Um, and then he takes off with some parkour moves and gets out <laughs> of that shed and is running. And I was like, Jason ain't going to catch up to him. That's, he, he's, uh, he's like an aphronic. I mean, he came straight from the country. So um, <laughs> Jason's white. He can't run that fast. Exactly. So the only thing that Jason can think of, because he's like, I ain't going to catch up to him. I mean, that guy's got a. that guy's got some records he's probably broken. So he's like, I'm going to take <laughs> axe and throw it at him. So he takes a double-edged axe, throws it at the, uh, the the black kid, and it knocks him down. Doesn't kill him, but it does get him in the spine, and it pretty much makes him immobile. I would imagine he probably got paralyzed after that. He's trying to move with his arms, but he's just not. So he's screaming for help, and we are greeted from the we're greeted to the fact that the friends are like, "No, we can't go out there and help him. Jason's using him as bait." I don't know if that's true or not, <laughs> but they don't go out and help him. So Jason finally, I would imagine he finally just caught up to him. I don't know if he was using him as bait or not, but he was, I mean, there was a good distance between the black kid and uh, Jason. So he probably just caught up to him. Um, Then somehow presses the axe all the way through his back out of his chest, which means the stick of the axe had to also enter his body. (laughs) The blunt edge of the axe, the wood part, entered his body. (laughs) He got wood penetrating him. <laughs> it's absurd. It's turned a real gay real quick. Um, 
so during this whole part, oh yeah, prior to that, let me let me back up just a smidgen. Um, we, my we, favorite part. Yeah, we we do see blonde girl um, boinking uh, Trent, uh, blonde girl, <laughs> not Jenna. Jenna's Trent's girlfriend, um, but Blondie, she is boinking, and uh, Trent is just like, I mean, he's in awe, just like the audience, <laughs> just like wow, those those tits are stupendous. <laughs> and uh, apparently they also have my, perfect nip, uh, nipple – oh, man. Nipple positioning. Perfect nipple placement. <laughs> placement. There it is. Perfect nipple placement. <laughs> That's my favorite line of this whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that part is great. Like that's, that's just so weird and wacky. I love it. Um, oh, you've got perfect nipple placement. <laughs> and after the uh, the session, they both uh, they both go together, if you will. And she kind of like lays on him and he's like, that was, and she's like, stupendous. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> and then we realized that those two would have made a better couple. But here we are with Jenna. So Jenna's knocking on the door <laughs> while they're boinking, screaming, hey, hey, there's a killer out there. He's just like, let me do my thing. Let me do it. I'm, I'm, I'm oiling. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> he's oiling. Trying to make some sense out of this. <laughs> um, so then Jenna's I like, like how he thought, like, I mean, she was videotaping them having sex, I'm pretty sure, so. Yeah, but, I, I mean, he kept saying. I thought oh, he was going to get away with this. He said that, oh, this better not go on the internet. And we saw what she was videotaping. It was just his face. Like, I would never watch that. <laughs> I would watch it if yep. she, it was her face, but definitely not just his face. That's not, that's not going to do nothing for me. <laughs> So anyway, so uh, they finally leave the bedroom, and then that's when we see that the Asian guy died, and then the black guy went out there and he died, and Trent's like kind of like freaking out, like what are we supposed to do? Blah blah blah. I was like, why is that guy here? Blah blah blah. Anyways, um, so then I'm trying to think of who's left. Oh, oh, this is this is one horrible part. So as the black guy <laughs> dies, um, uh, they're like, oh, he stops screaming, and the, the the blonde girl is just screaming her head off with her hands out over her ears and just freaking out. I would say two seconds after Jason stepped on the black guy, he's now somehow on the roof like a cat. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But there's a shot of, like, I'm telling you, it was like two to five seconds, the black guy stopped screaming. We pan over to the blonde girl screaming, and then we do this panning shot of uh, Jason on the roof. Now, you're telling me you couldn't keep up with the black guy? But you're able to not only run to the house, which had to have been another 100 feet away, but climb on something or jump <laughs> to the roof of this house. It looked like the scene from the new Jurassic, uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom where the, the, the endoraptor was on the roof and it was like pouring rain. But he's just like screaming like crazy. And it was like, oh, that's going to be probably the movie poster shot. That's kind of the same feeling I got here. Where it was just like, Jason's on the roof for some damn reason, which we've never seen in any goddamn movie for, I don't know. Um, but he's going in there. He's slowly killing them until the point to where it's just Jenna and Supernatural Boy. They get out of the house. They end up finding his secret hideout. Finds Whitney, his sister. Gets Whitney out of there. And then there's a chasing with all of them trying to run through these underground tunnels that Harriet Tubman had used. <laughs> and basically, uh, they get to the point to where uh, Supernatural Boy finds an, uh, an exit. He gets through. He says, follow me. His sister's right behind him. Then Jenna, which is almost made to feel like the last and final girl, she yep, dies. would have thought. And then you're like, oh, 
what the fuck am I watching? And then you see the two of them that had nothing to do with that entire group, the entirety of this movie. They weren't friends with them. They weren't associates. They weren't sisters or brothers with them. They were just sisters with themselves and brothers with themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they were brothers, sisters with themselves. Um, you can't put gender titles on them. They pretty much make it out of the tunnels. Uh, the little details here and there. It doesn't matter. And then they make it to this barn where Supernatural Boy is kind of just trying to fight Jason. And uh, Jason gets him into the uh, just a point to where, oh, he's going to die. He's going to die through this grinder thing that they, they somehow <laughs> turned on. But no, Whitney reveals the locket around her neck, which, he, which she found in the very beginning of the movie, which had a picture of Pamela Voorhees. And she says, Jason... We don't have to keep doing this, Jason. <laughs> you can stop this, Jason. And at that point, uh, Supernatural Boy takes Bear Trap, throws it on Jason's back. Jason doesn't scream. He doesn't actually make a noise through this entirety of this movie. There's many times where he's like stabbed and whatnot, but he never makes a sound, which I thought was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. He's like he's like the entity of space. <laughs> it's no sound it's better than scream from like part eight yeah <laughs> as long as i don't hear that again ah! well <laughs> i'm gonna have to probably cut that one down that was pretty loud um but uh yeah so basically uh they they get him on this bear trap they wrap a chain around his neck uh and they throw the chain in the grinder which is slowly lifting him up into the air uh on top of this rafter where it's slowly hanging him but then the rafter breaks <laughs> It's just like this weird, unfortunate events. And my yeah, favorite like a Rube part, Goldberg though, machine. <laughs> it is. But my favorite part is the raptor breaks, which gives a little slack to the chain. So Jason just charges them, takes the piece of the raptor, hits Supernatural Boy in the face. <laughs> it's so funny. He was just dying, and his first instinct is, "I'm going to charge you with this piece of wood and hit this kid in the face." <laughs> So he hits him in the face with the rafter, uh, but at this point now, he's kind of being pulled back with the grinder because the chain is still in there, and he's slowly uh, kind of entering the grinder where we get a really neat last line from Whitney where she says, uh, oh, God, what does she say exactly? Something like, (laughs) do you want a hoagie or a grinder? (laughs) (laughs) I wish that was the thing she said, but she pretty much says, I hope something about like, oh, visit your mom in hell. And it was like this terrible. <laughs> and then she stabs him in the chest with the machete. And then it looks like he kind of enters the grinder. He does. It definitely eats the way the back of his head pretty good. Yeah. It, uh, it doesn't really get much farther than that, but it fucking tears the shit out of his brain for sure. Yeah. Which is strange, but okay. I mean, well, not strange, but I mean, it, it'll be strange here in about a minute. So yeah. basically what ends up happening is they bring him to the lake for some reason dump him in the <laughs> lake for some reason his mask falls off of his face mm-hmm. it's definitely not attached to his body um oh. and then he kind of slowly i would imagine sinks to the sinks to the bottom of this lake and then she's whitney is just kind of like crying there on the deck you know the dock there and then uh supernatural boy is just like he doesn't say anything he's just kind of like standing there maybe consoling her with his thoughts just like oh you're gonna get better it's like mega man at the end of like mega man 2 just staring off into the sunset yep thinking kind of, of all the adventures he just had um but yeah so then we we're like oh jason's dead but no he's not he jumps through the deck with his mask on and grabs whitney and then the credits happen 
And that's the end <laughs> yeah. of the Friday the 13th uh, reboot. Yeah, they were clearly setting up for another movie, I'm guessing, but this one did so badly that they didn't bother. That's true. So. Yep. So what else could you expect from a movie that was produced by Michael Bay? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I forgot that that yeah. was even a thing. Yeah, that, that was not a good sign right off the bat. I also saw that one of the other producers was, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Walter Hamada, who is like the guy who just got put in charge of the DC movies recently. Mm. So that's also probably not a good sign for them. I do want to say, though, uh, this movie was pretty bad, but I do want to say out of all the Friday the 13th, this is either my favorite or second favorite Jason out of them all. Wow. I mean, I can kind of understand that. I like that they tried to make him a little bit more like fast and nimble and not quite such a lumbering brute kind of a guy where he is kind of more, you know, moves like a real person kind of thing. Yeah, oh, he looks bigger. He looks like the part like he's been living in the woods forever. So basically, I don't know. He just his neck was like huge. I just oh, it was just like a just a huge. <laughs> it's all about neck size for me. <laughs> I know. He was just like the perfect looking Jason to me. That's how I, like when I think of Jason, that's how I imagine him. Just a big broody dude, not like in Jason Five, <laughs> where it's, <laughs> oh, where yeah. it's an ambulance driver. <laughs> wearing double masks <laughs> yeah yeah i have to i would agree with that part at least i can't argue with that um it just it seemed like an unnecessary movie overall and it was an ugly looking movie jason might have looked pretty good but the movie itself just looked ugly and dark and not like a kind of movie i would ever want to watch no <laughs> I mean, I don't think it was a horrible movie. I've definitely seen worse movies, but I think that it was tolerable, but I definitely agree with you. It was unnecessary. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that I saw this Jason, like a a modern time Jason, but at the same time, it was like, if you're going to do it, at least bring something new. You pretty much just remade the first four movies and (laughs) they were all rushed. Yep. And like, it didn't make sense, the origin the first time, and they didn't really try to clean it up any, like... The mom still went crazy because her son died, but then her son was there to watch her get beheaded again. So clearly he wasn't dead. <laughs> I don't <Right>. understand. <laughs> Who said it in there? Oh, no. It was, the, it was the guy in the beginning, the nerdy guy. He's like, but he came back. Like, one, I did not need that whole, like, like prelude of Jason and why do you, I mean everybody who's gone to a Friday the 13th movie knows who Jason is why are you telling yeah. me even more about Jason I get it he was a kid that drowned who then his mom went crazy and then he came back how would they even know that I don't like, know they're not from around there and apparently this nobody else even from that town realizes that he's out there murdering people or else the cops are just covering it all up but yeah I don't, I don't know. know why and then, uh, who, who was it with the Crystal Lake thing where they said, oh, it sounds like wa- uh, it's just like any bottle of water out there? Oh, yeah. There's a, yeah. Like everything has crystal, you know, crystal in it. Right. And then there's like oh, bottles of water. But, yeah. then, but then the police have the words Crystal Lake Police on their cars. So I'm assuming that the town is Crystal Lake. Yeah. I would so, think so. What the fuck? How do you not know where you're at? 
<laughs> I also like that. I was looking online and it said that they kind of wanted to make Jason a little more sympathetic with this movie. I don't see how they even tried to do that. No, he was just a mass <laughs> serial killer. Yeah. Like the Halloween remake, you could say that, oh, they try to at least make you understand where Michael Myers is coming from. Like they tried to show you his childhood and stuff like that and try to give you a little bit of empathy for what, you know, became of him. But this, they they didn't change anything. They didn't make him any more sympathetic. He's just out there murdering people because they're in the woods. Speaking about sympathetic brutes, I ended up buying uh, the movie Leatherface, the one that just came out. Oh, yeah. What a terrible monstrosity of a movie. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I'm not going to They tried to go right for now. that fake-out ending where you think, you know, oh, it's this guy, but no, it's this guy. But it should have been the other guy because this guy doesn't yep. look like Leatherface. <laughs> he didn't act like Leatherface. <laughs> he had nothing to do with Leatherface. The other guy anything. acted just like Leatherface, looked just like Leatherface, had the mentality of Leatherface. Then he died. And then we've yep. got Pretty Boy Whatever, who doesn't have any personality <laughs> of Leatherface. He's like, oh, God, what a terrible He was boy. like a smart dude. Just because he can't talk now, he's like an idiot. Oh, <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what a shitty movie. I'm glad I only got yeah, it for three bucks. Bad. I can't believe it came out this year and it's $3 on Amazon. <laughs> I like, oh, oh, I thought it came out last year, but either said, way. Oh, it, it did. I'm sorry. 2017. That's still, bad. yeah, that's pretty bad for it to drop that much. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. All right. Let's go into right. the sweet cats. Sweet, sweet categories. Uh, let's start with best kill. I think we're on the same page on this one. Yes. Yeah, uh, once bag. again, it involves, yeah, sleeping bag. <laughs> sleeping bag kill was the best. It's like they kind of like had to reboot it again. And I think that this one's probably my favorite of the sleeping bag kills. I love the tree one, but hanging it above the tree or hanging it above the campfire with a tree. Oh, man, that is such a brutal way of dying. And you can't get out. You're just struggling at the bottom. And cooking. Yeah, you're just cooking. Like a a hot dog weenie that you're roasting on an open fire. Yeah. Um, I think to me, that's like claustrophobia and fire at the same time yeah. you're stuck in a situation you don't want to be in and then you're also on fire god that sounds horrible yeah it really does Getting although from- i guess i don't know in real life how that would work it they might probably burn through the bottom of the bag at some point oh i think that's and, what happened like, get uh, your way out that's how yeah she- but she was already dead by then but yeah depending i guess how sturdy the sleeping bag is shouldn't probably sleep in asbestos sleeping bags i guess this is what happens yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, that kill was good. There wasn't a whole lot of good kills though in this movie. I don't think they're all kind of straightforward and stupid other than that one. That one was cool. Yeah. I'm a Gouda with that one, but I guess if you're going back to the beginning, maybe that's why you don't do quite as, you know, cool kills. You're trying to reset the series and start out with the basics, but that one was definitely cool. I like that one. Indeed. Um, best final girl. I mean, fucking, this is ridiculous because we got Rennie from uh, part eight or Whitney from this movie who wasn't even in most of the movie. She probably had 10 minutes of screen time, if that. That's being generous. I mean, technically, it also can be a supernatural boy. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Maybe he is our winner. (laughs) He might be the winner. (laughs) He's supernatural. If I had to choose, maybe if I had to choose. 
<laughs> I didn't get to see this Whitney's boobs. Maybe, maybe I can see. Maybe if Supernatural Boy would have been the one water skiing topless, this would totally change my opinion. Um, I don't remember what Rennie even looks like. Uh... <laughs> I think you had this problem every, like, of the last couple of weeks. You had to, like, look her up and be like, oh, yeah, her. <laughs> yep. Let me look her up real quick. I'm going to say, while you're looking that up, I think I would go with her over Whitney. Um, mostly because, like I said, you didn't get a whole lot of good looks at Whitney. Um... A lot of it was in the dark when you did when she was on screen, so she didn't really do a whole lot for me. I mean, she was cute in the yeah. beginning of the movie. I definitely liked the way she walked and the way she talked. <laughs> she was in Friday Thirteenth Eight. Right, hold on. Yeah, Rennie. Oh that yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm sticking with Rennie. Okay, well, I guess she's taking uh, taking this category for the for the fr- film franchise so far. We'll carry her on into our next you know horror movie when we do that. But for now, she's she's the reigning champ of this franchise, I guess. Which is pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy <laughs> I know because that was such a terrible movie. <laughs> I would not have expected. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, that's taken care of. It looks like. What's the next one? All right. Uh, overall, we got the best looking girl of the movie. Uh, I think we already know that answer. It's going to be boobalicious, so. uh, the <laughs> stupendous boobies. Perfect we- nipple placement, girl. Perfect nipple placement. <laughs> and you know what? I, I think the reason I like her the most, besides her boobs, is her butt. Was she? <laughs> she has a slight bit of Elizabeth Olsen in the face. <laughs> Just a smidge. Nope. I don't. I <laughs> definitely did not see that at all. She just like, I totally did. Because you stare at Elizabeth Olsen. I don't I couldn't even picture her right now if I wanted to. I'd have to look her up. And I'd be like, she looks like a normal Rennie chick. versus Elizabeth Olsen. Which one of you can I remember? Yeah. I, well, honestly, I can only remember Rennie now because that was the last girl that I just saw. Elizabeth Olsen. She plays Iron Man, right? <laughs> Pretty sure I've seen her there. She probably plays it in the comics somewhere. Because everybody apparently wears that suit. <laughs> That's true. It's like Batman. I know. Everyone gets a turn. That's so silly. <laughs> um, um, okay. Well, yeah. We, we, we agree on that one. Um, best character of the movie. Hmm. I would have to probably say the tow truck driver with the oxygen in his nose. <laughs> okay. It's a bold choice, but I I appreciate it. <laughs> now, many of you guys probably don't remember who this guy was because I didn't mention him at all. Even I don't remember him. Oh, yeah. So he was, uh, yeah. during Trent's, like, getaway scene, like he was running from Jason. Jason uh, uh, is, like, running through the woods and all that other fun stuff. And Trent runs into the middle of the road and almost kind of, like, waves down but also almost gets hit by this tow truck. Tow truck driver stops kind of like waves him over and Trent is just like all like oh god this is kind of I don't know what should I do so he kind of walks up but then the tow truck driver sticks his head out the window and uh I'm not entirely sure what exactly happened except for Jason shows up stabs Trent right through the chest tow truck driver sees him in the mirror and in my mind he probably said well fuck this so then he (laughs) takes off and then Jason throws Trent 
through a spike that was on the tow truck and then just drags Trent away. And I was like, <laughs> Godspeed for that. That's exactly what you're supposed to do when you see Jason. You just take the hell off. Absolutely. Although I'm surprised with the way, you know, he didn't just throw like an axe at the truck or something and, and kill that guy didn't while need he was to. driving. Didn't need to. <laughs> Jason probably he only kills like, some local people. Right. Like the guy who's selling weed. Right. The hillbilly. <laughs> he doesn't approve of his weed business. No, no, no. But yeah, I, I'm gonna go with him. Who do you who who do you say? Um, I think I would go with Trent. Uh, he's an asshole, but I did appreciate that sex scene and his terrible dirty talk. Oh, damn. <laughs> mm, yeah, I'm gonna go with Trent as well. He's the only person yeah. I think I remember his name almost throughout the entirety of the movie. He was an <laughs> asshole, but like for good reasons. I mean, he did bring him there to pretty much say, hey, look at all my dad's stuff. But at the same time, all of his friends are pieces of shit and just started ruining <laughs> his dad's stuff. And it's like, I would be an asshole too. Like, hey, what the fuck, dude? You need to yeah. fix my antique chair. Hey, what the fuck, dude? Don't spill all over my wood-stained oak. Hey, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? I don't want to drink out of your shoe. Like these are yeah, things it's not like, like, oh, hey, you didn't use a coaster one time. These are like legitimate things where they're breaking stuff. Exactly. It's it's mind-boggling. Just mind-boggling. Yeah, they sucked. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them all. Hey, dude, don't masturbate on my couch where my dad and mom used to sit watching good, good shows, good soap operas. <laughs> That's all our parents do. Yeah. Honey, come in. It's time for our nightly soap operas. It's just it's so crazy how pieces how bonkers hey don't take my fucking father's boat out on the lake like do you even have a license for that what the nope. fuck no of course not put your shirt back on there's children around this lake <laughs> no apparently there was not there was no one else on the lake that day no there was one <laughs> other person there was the old lady with the dog oh yeah you know what was funny so i watched most of the movie with gully and uh so when uh, Supernatural Boy is, like, walking to the cabins and whatnot and asking, have you seen this girl, um, he he makes his way to the house where he meets up with Jenna, and Gully's like, this is how all good porns start. I was like, well, why didn't, why didn't you say that when he went up to the old lady with the dog? <laughs> <laughs> That's how a good porn starts. He's oh, like, oh, where yeah. is this going to go? <laughs> I'm looking for my sister. I'm your sister. You're an old lady. <laughs> no, I'm your sister, and let's bing bong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into that. I'd like this better if you weren't my sister. My dog likes <laughs> peanut butter. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, All right, so uh, on the franchise as a whole, what are your overall thoughts of the Oh, Friday the 13th so, franchise. I would say that starting this off, I would say that this is um, – I'm going to go back and forth on this. But basically as a franchise, or a franchise I, I disliked it highly. And then <laughs> after watching Friday the 13th – or uh, Jason vs. Freddy, then I appreciated it. Because when I watched it that time, I, I kind of like endured all the lore – that had gone into that. I mean, there's not a whole lot of lore into it, but it's like I understood from like an outsider looking in because like I said, I've always grown up watching Nightmare on Elm Street and I never really watched Friday the 13th. Um, but after watching them from the front to back pretty much, I mean, you they had to almost be that bad because of the times. So you appreciate <laughs> you appreciate what you can 
from what they could do during those time periods in the 70s and the 80s with the the horror and the gore and the slashing and all that stuff. So it's just, it's one of those things you're just like, well, of course you're not going to get the best actors, but then at the same time you got actors that became good actors like yeah. Kevin, Kevin Bacon, Bacon. and uh, Corey Feldman. Corey, yeah, exactly. So you, 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 it was like their their start to a good career. Um, I don't know. I, I definitely appreciate it. I, I enjoyed them more now thinking back to them or thinking back on them. I don't say I do not think they're good movies, but I definitely understand <laughs> the reasons why people like them. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of good movies in them and good parts in movies that aren't necessarily some that aren't the best movie, but have good parts. Um, I think this is definitely a franchise. You don't want to do what we did and kind of watch them in a short time frame. Or even worse, try to do them like in a marathon in a you know a day or two. Like definitely don't do that. <laughs> but they're good to watch. Like you know one in, every once in a while. You're like oh, I want to throw on one. I'll throw in you know whatever part two or part three or whatever. I'll just throw one in because you're not really gaining much watching them back to back because they all contradict the last one anyway. So it's not like you're really you know missing out on a whole lot of lore from movie to movie. So you're kind of good to just kind of watch them once in a while and throw it on and have a good time. But if you watch them all back to back, I think it just kind of ruins it because you're just like, Oh, I've seen this before. <laughs> and you're not doing anything different this yeah. time. I mean, if you want to like skip the first three, you could just watch the fourth one. They're going to fill you in. <laughs> I like two a lot. <laughs> Two's okay. Skip two. Two's all right. <laughs> um, I don't know. If I had now, which one's your favorite out of all of them now? That's what I was just going to say. We should we should do a ranking, uh, the definitive ranking now that we've watched them all. Oh, God. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me grab my case because I don't remember which one's which. Hold on. <laughs> okay. I'll fill some time. That was a good bit of audio because I was <laughs> definitely letting that record the entire time. Yeah. We can cut that out. We could. <laughs> but why? We'll All fix right. It in post. So we've got Friday the 13th, 1, 2, 3D. Oh, God. I forgot how horrible that one was. Uh, the final chapter. <laughs> I'm glad you needed the box so that you could read off numbers. Yep. <laughs> 4, which was the final chapter. Five, which was a new beginning. Uh, six, which was Jason Lives. Seven, the new blood. Eight was Jason Takes Manhattan. Nine, I believe, was Jason, Jason goes, to hell. goes to Hell. Ten, which was Jason X, which is in space. And then we've got the uh, Freddy vs. Jason. And then we have this one, this reboot. Yep. Those are the 12. So I guess let's start... Um... My number 12, I'll see if you're in agreement. I would say Jason Goes to Hell uh, as the very bottom. <laughs> yes, I agree. That one's that was stupid. That one's trash. That one is trash. <laughs> that one is not really worth watching ever in your life. Um, I think I'm going to go for 11. I would say part 7, uh, The Telekinetic Girl. That one still just did not hold together as a movie for me. It just felt like random scenes strung together, and I did not enjoy it. See, I'm, I'm like, con like conflicted a little bit because I'm stuck with probably seven or eight. Because Jason Goes to Manhattan, or Takes Manhattan, is 
total trash. That is a movie <laughs> with just just confusion. I mean, it's 15 minutes of Jason Takes Manhattan at the very end, and you wish it never even happened. <laughs> um, it was definitely mishandled, for sure. They could have done that better. But I didn't mind the boat stuff, so... Yeah, I guess I'll do seven. But, I kind of agree, because I don't understand the psychic part anyway, so... Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you want to put eight, you can definitely do that. We'll have our own lists, but... Oh, no, we got to argue. We have to argue <laughs> over it. we got to oh. debate. It's like the McLaughlin group. Yes. There's got to be some arguing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm good with number seven being 11. Okay, well, what is your uh, thoughts on number 10, then? Uh, I, I almost, I'm now at this one, I'm stuck with even either Jason takes Manhattan or, oh man, maybe Jason lives. Oh man, Jason lives. I, I'm, I like Jason lives. That one took me two That's times to try to get through <laughs> that movie. I had to stop it cause it was so bad. <laughs> wow. I don't like that at all. I know. I like that. Neither did I. That was the one with the cool Alice Cooper songs and that is true. Some cool deaths and Megan. I like Megan. Yeah. I like that. All right. Well, I, and then what do you got for 10? Uh, I mean, I would probably, for me, I would probably say Jason X. What? Yeah. I did, didn't really like that one, especially seeing it the second time this go around. I was like, oh, man, this is not good. It's trying to be like it's trying to be an Aliens movie, but not even like one of the good ones. It's trying to be Alien Resurrection. And it felt like a poor man's version of Alien Resurrection. Mm. All right. But that's fine. But I love that cryo kill. Yeah. Yeah, that is the one shining part of that movie. The rest of it, meh. All right. All right, number nine. What do we got? Um, You want to go Jason Takes Manhattan here? Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Figured. Yes, I do. <laughs> number eight? Uh, I would say reboot. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It's just an ugly ugly movie i don't feel like watching it again oh man i feel like the reboot was at least better than part three <laughs> that movie i don't know yeah awful. that movie is definitely not in my top ones but it what still has mean? that quaint 80s charm. what do you mean <laughs> yeah don't you want some true. of this that water bad <laughs> At least it had that, like, 80s charm to it, though. Well, yeah, because it was in the 80s, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> this one had the 2000s charm. Trash. Which was ugly. <laughs> yeah. It was grunge. That's what the 2000s was, was all your about. Eyeballs. It was all about X-Men wearing black suits, Matrix being all technical, and Jason being all grungy. We already <laughs> know what the 2000s were all about. You're... I wish she was wearing flannel and had long hair. That's the 90s. <laughs> I guess we could do the reboot, but I'm telling you, then 3D is definitely going next because that movie is ass. That's fair. Good. <laughs> I got no no beefs with that. All right. Or queefs. Beefs or queefs. All right. <laughs> uh, that was eight then, so I'm going to do seven, I believe. I think. 
seven. I'm gonna say probably either part five or Freddy vs. Jason. Mm. Here's the great debate because I'm either gonna go with Jason Lives or Part Five. Oof. <laughs> Part five, actually, that one has to sit here, man. I like part five. I, I guess no. I'm in the minority on that one, but... God, that, was, <laughs> that one, after realizing it's which so one was goofy. which, part five was awful. <laughs> that is an awful movie. That that Corey Feldman... No, the grown no, version. I mean, it wasn't Corey oh. Feldman, but it was the, the shitty version of Tommy... Oh, God, that was the worst one. I prefer the third version over the second version. Yeah, he was the worst Tommy Jarvis for sure, but the rest of the characters in that one were pretty fun. Like uh, the black guy who was singing on the toilet and like singing to his girlfriend and they were having like a serenade on the toilet. Uh, that, was, that was good times. I'm saying number <laughs> five. I'm going part five. All we, right. We could do Freddy. Man, I really like Freddy vs. Jason, but... Um, I, I mean, again, like we said with that one, like there's good parts, but yeah, the stuff really dragged it down because it didn't make a lot of sense, and the characters were stupid. All right, we can make that number uh, six, I think, is the next one. Yep. All right, so we'll do Freddy vs. Jason for number six. Number five. Would it be number five? Five. I think we only five, have four I movies would... left. It must be number four. Uh-huh. Oh no. Yeah, there's only four movies left. Oh okay. Yeah. Uh, then I would definitely go part six here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's number... This would be number five. Yes. <laughs> yes, part six. Yes, I'm fine with that. And then there's one, two, three, and four left, so... Okay. No, because we did three. We put three um, somewhere back there. That was the 3D one. Yeah, I know. I thought we decided not to do that. Um, no, I think that you kept was... saying that uh, the one was better. Oh, maybe we did. Yeah, but then you were like, well, part three definitely has to go next. And then oh, we did yeah. That. Okay, that's right. <laughs> All right. All right, yeah, so that's number four is part six. So then we've only got one, two, and four left. Um, I'm going to go say part one is third place. Shame. You're literally going to try to put the final chapter in there just because What's-His-Face is in there. It's so good. I that can't... movie is amazing. It's the most fun of them all. It's got good boobs. It's got good kills. It's got wacky characters. Mm. One, I mean, it's not a bad movie, but like the you, there's parts where you can clearly tell there's a man playing... Pamela Voorhees and the, the fight <laughs> scenes at the end were just laughably bad <laughs> uh, but it's one of the first times we ever d- are like introduced to a, I guess back then a modern day jump scare at the very end of the movie that's not something we needed in our lives I agree but like back then it was new so nobody really knew about it like I, Ryan well, is a I very mean, big was... guy and he Literally screamed like a girl when that happened. It was one of the funniest moments in my life. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's not like it was the first one. Like, Carrie had already come out by then. Did they have a bunch of jump scares? It's got an ending like that, where it basically, like, everything's all happy, and then it cuts to 
forget if it was a dream sequence or an actual sequence, but the one girl goes to visit Carrie's grave or something, and then, like, Carrie's hand pops up out of the earth. Oh. All right. We could put number <laughs> I'm trying to think. Yeah. We could put number one as three. And then probably number two is two. Yeah, I would agree. And then the final chapter. Because at least the f- number one at least has Jason with his uh, mask on. And like you said, yeah. it is a fun one. And we've got some good actors in there. It's very rewatchable, which is good. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Yay! We did it. (laughs) The official ranking. You got your way. You got. Oh, that face! (laughs) All right. Uh, So, uh, what do we got next? All right. Well, next up, um, it's getting to the end of the year, so we got to start talking about some of the end of the year type things. We already talked about the. You know, your top 20 board games of the year. That was a lot of uh, What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, a lot of board games. Um, i got to start getting into the best uh, albums of the year. But honestly, like, there's some very good albums, but whereas usually I have to keep expanding, like, oh, it's going to be a top 10, now it's a 12, now it's a 15. This one, I, there's really not even 10. <laughs> To be quite honest. I don't even know what came out. Because I remember last year, we waited until the very end of the year because you're like, well, just in case the Offspring album drops. And that still hasn't even dropped. Nope. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like, they've been promising that album since at least 2016. (laughs) And still nothing. That's bizarre. This is probably one of the longer times I've waited for an Offspring album. Yeah, that's for sure. They've gotten, I mean, they've been pretty few and far between the last decade and a half like they used to you know come out like uh, i stand the ombre came out in like 97 and americana was 98 and like conspiracy of one was 2000 it's like man they're cranking these things out now it's like every five six years <laughs> if that yeah because what was it splinter and then it was rise and fall rage and grace yeah and then was, it was days go by probably it was four years later was days go by yeah it's crazy. I guess they're just busy. I mean, Dexter is, you know, super busy researching his HIV projects and all that stuff. So yep. securing AIDS. I guess he's like, yeah, he's doing it, guys. And uh, making hot sauce. Well, he's going to make a hot sauce that cures AIDS. Well, then we need, definitely need to do, uh, probably start working on a list for top 10 movies that have come out this year. And you're going to have to squeeze. You have to squeeze the share. I can't really do that. I could probably do top five. I could probably jump in somewhere in there, but I'd have to look because the only I can only think of two films, three films that have come out this year that I've actually seen. <laughs> we'll have to pad it. Start yep. going to the movies a bunch of the last couple of weeks. I know, or just Mary Poppins returns. It is. <laughs> I'm gonna have to think of uh, some of the movies that have come out that I'm interested in, and then probably just rent them. There you go. Because I was gonna rent Home Alone. Next weekend. <laughs> That's a classic. Right. I don't think that came out this year. No, but I... They're talking about, like, Home Alone 27. I know, but I problem. need to watch yeah. it, though, still, because it's the Christmas times and it's such a good movie. Did you I see know, that I thing on... Uh, you do have it? Yeah. Ah, oh, you're so lucky. I love that. Did you see the, uh, the Cinemassacre when Macaulay Culkin joined on with the nerd? No. Yeah, they just did one on uh, the rest of the Home Alone games that... 
were complete shit, and Macaulay Culkin was actually there. <laughs> he was on a couple of Red Letter Media things recently. They just did an episode. They talk. They have a show called Best of the Worst where they talk about like shitty movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the ones they reviewed was like Home Alone Four. Oh god! So it's pretty great seeing him talk shit on that. Oh man, that would be amazing. <laughs> oh god! It's pretty hilarious. That would be so uh, fucking great. <laughs> but anyway, so there's not a whole like a whole lot of albums. So I'm just gonna spotlight some of the the good ones. Um, there is one album I'm waiting on. I think it's coming out on my birthday, so like Friday. So hopefully that one we'll get to eventually. Um, right now we're going to start out with, I'd say honestly, there's really only six that I really need to highlight that much, including that one that's coming out, if it's good. Um, so today we're going to kick it off real quickly with like a, uh, there's a couple of songs that came out this year that didn't have albums attached to them. Uh, they're just kind of singles. Um, if they're good. Or there's one that, one of these does have an album, but it's not, you know, I figure the album's not going to have a wide appeal, but we'll explain that when we get there, I guess. Um, so mostly these are going to be singles. So I got like five songs I wanted to talk about here. Um, the first one is from a band. Well, not actually, it's it's from a girl named Tatiana De Maria, who was the lead singer of a band called Tat that I really, really loved. Um, this was like a pop punk band out of uh, Britain. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I first saw them, like, I've gone to the Warp Tour in, like, 2006, and I just happened to see them on stage. And, like, she was up there, like, talking about, like, having to take a poo before <laughs> going on stage and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I love this girl. <laughs> Any girl who can get on stage and talk about taking a poo. That's the girl. <laughs> That's for my me. kind of thing. <laughs> I like that she's not ashamed, but she's pretty great. Um, she's got a, an amazing voice. I've always loved her uh, her voice. They only really came out with one album. They had a demo for sale that day at Warp Tour, which I bought. And then they came out with an album like two years later. And it was a really good album. I love that album. And they kind of went dark for a long time. Um, I think I'm not sure if they've officially broken up or what's going on, but she did kind of come out with a couple of singles this year um, on her own, just call it under the name, you know, Tatiana De Maria instead of Tat the band. Um, so I'm not sure if they're still together at all. It looks like they might still be playing in some of the shows. Like maybe they they show up to back her up or whatever. But so I don't know if they're on good terms or what, but. She is at least coming out with new music, so that's good. Uh, she came out with a couple of singles this year. I uh, wanted to talk about some of them. Um, we'll start with this one, and then probably close out later with one of the other ones. Um, they're not as pop punk as you know they used to be. In fact, these ones, kind of like with a lot of, I've noticed the uh, the women of pop punk, they don't end up staying that way for long. <laughs> your paramours and your you know courage, my loves, and all that stuff. Like they kind of end up going more towards the pop range and that kind of you know you know, pop music, that type of thing. So this is kind of in that same vein. I think, I think it's probably easier for her, especially with, if she doesn't have a full band that you just get like a drum machine and fucking <laughs> that covers that instead of having to actually have people backing you up. Uh, so this is a song or a part of a song called too much. This was the first single that came out this year. I didn't even know about the other ones till recently. So this was the one I kind of had for most of the year that I, I really liked. Um, so here it is called too much.
bastard son of weakness A mile to a bow Won't be blaming my failures on are like the, the entire song <laughs> yep pretty much i'm hoping get the last one i'm hoping that They're that all, all came through because i don't know if you're going to try to add it later but uh it was so loud that it started picking up on my headphones and it started asking me why are you <laughs> trying to monitor with feedback so i'm not entirely <laughs> sure how well that's going to come out but we'll see yeah yeah i figured i was going to go in and put those in later anyway so all right Put them in in post. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, I really like her, her stuff there. Yeah. Uh, she's got a great voice, like I said. I mean, she, even before, like, uh, Dolores O'Riordan passed, like, she was probably my second favorite female singer of all time. Um, so I guess she's number one that's currently living. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Interesting. Um, next up, we have a song by... Perennial favorites of mine, No Effects. Hmm. They uh, they didn't have any albums this year, but they did put out a single. Uh, basically, either the same day or the day after Stephen Hawking died, they put up a song on YouTube that they clearly just kind of hastily recorded. Uh, basically, about Stephen Hawking and how creepy he is. All right. <laughs> And it's it's in such terrible taste, and that's kind of why I like it so much. Like it's uh, it's just great that they're out there doing this and um, being perennial assholes, I guess. All right. <laughs> that's just their nature to go and do things like this. And the song is called uh, "There's No Too Soon If Time Is Relative." <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty great. It is. There's just a lot of good quips on and you know a lot of good jokes on at Stephen Hawking's expense in this song. Um this is just something that they like to do. I've never heard them put out a song this quickly like that. But uh they're definitely known for being kind of pranksters and you know jokesters on stage and that kind of thing. They actually got in a lot of trouble this year which made me 
very angry. Uh, they were doing a show in like Vegas, and uh, they had made a comment about like not wanting to get shot on stage. And some one of them joked like, "Oh, that only happens if you're a country band or if you're if you like country," <laughs> which you know is probably insensitive to say in Las Vegas where that happened. Yeah. But <laughs> so they got in a lot of trouble and got kicked off like a lot of shows, I guess. Oh, dang! Like a lot of a lot of American uh, venues weren't letting them play and shit like that, which is fucking bullshit. Like that's just what they do. Like fucking. Stop being so goddamn oversensitive, everybody. I know. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I hope that this doesn't, you know, haunt them going forward, uh, because that would just be very upsetting. Uh, I would definitely like to see them whenever they play, because they're one of my favorite bands. And so here it is, a little song about Stephen Hawking's by No Effects. Lazy, he poops in a colostomy bag. <laughs> I mean, that is pretty lazy. <laughs> oh, I love it. There's just so many good lines about him having a hand that looks like a lobster claw. <laughs> it's a pretty messed up song. <laughs> it's pretty great. The fact that they came out with this within like a day of the guy's passing <laughs> is pretty epic. I bet they sat on <laughs> it until he decided to pass. <laughs> As one does when they decide to pass. They probably just do them for everyone. Just hoping. Come on. We got a good one for Betty White. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Been working on this one since the 70s. But she just keeps going along. She's a trucker. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Next up, we got a band that had an album last year uh, that I really liked, uh, Courage My Love, the old uh, Canadian pop-punk band who, again, had gotten less pop-punk and more pop. And it seems like they're continuing down that track um, with this one. This is a single that came out just recently. It actually came out when we were in South Carolina. Uh, Yeah, so I I remember listening to part of it. I was like, eh, this ain't that good so far. But... Then I've listened to it a bunch, and actually it really did grow on me quite a bit. 
this is a song called Remission. Um, clearly, <laughs> their lead singer is still pretty heartbroken. The last album was kind of very depressing, and clearly she had gone through a bad breakup, and it seems like that hasn't really gotten much better in the last year. Um, but this is a good song. It's called Remission. It's got a good catchy chorus. Uh, there's, there's a really good part of it. Um, but here we go. Let's play it. Party to party, I can't get you off me. Off of my chest, out of my head, God, I'm a mess, babe. You used to want me, had my heart between your teeth. Clawed your way in under my skin, came and you went, yeah. 2020 vision, see it from a distance. Everything is different, different now. That's at the beginning Thought you was the ending Wanna start again But I don't know how to Get you out of my system I think of you when I'm with him I think of you when I'm with him I But I don't know how to Get you out of my system I let it came my condition Wanna go into remission I wish that I could It's the, but I don't know how to, that really gets me. It really brings the whole chorus together. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. What's like the name it. of the song? Uh, Remission. Okay. I spelled yeah. courage wrong. Very badly. <laughs> I put courage the cowardly dog. I put, none of that's spelled right. Not even dog. I put co-rage. <laughs> co-rage against the machine. All right, cool. Yeah, I like that one. That one's a good one. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, I like it. They're like their last album. I like this song, so I like where they're heading. If they come back to the you know to the states anytime soon, I'm gonna have to definitely go see them. I think. Oh, very cool. All yeah. right, cool. I like it. Um, and next up, this is the one that, like I said, does have an album, but it's not really. Other than this song, it's probably not worth talking about on here. Uh, this is the Summer of 84 soundtrack oh. slash score. Yes. <laughs> you are familiar with now. I am. I love um, it. It's a great album. I downloaded it. Uh, it's also it's on Spotify. Out oh, there, so I did not people, know that. Yeah, if you want to check that out. I will. Definitely go ahead and do that. Um, the so- the uh, score for this movie was done by, I don't know if it's a band or just an artist named Limatos. Um, I don't know what they are, but I like their work because that score for that movie is fucking amazing. And there is one song on the album that is an actual song with lyrics and everything. They pretty much just took the first track on the album, which was, you know, a score track and kind of extended it and added words and made an actual song out of it. So here is a song by that uh, band slash person, Le Matos, uh, called Cold Summer. And it's got the... It definitely has that feel that goes along with that score. This very synth-heavy score, very 80s feeling. There's 45 uh, songs on this album. I know. <laughs> Luckily, most of them are you know, like a minute and a half long. But All right. <laughs> I'm down. So, yeah, it's, it's a great album. I definitely recommend listening to it, uh, especially if you like the movie, which I know you do. So, no. here you go. <laughs> no. <laughs>
to get that title line there. It's a great score. I highly recommend it to everybody, whether you've seen the movie or not, honestly. <laughs> if you just like cool 80s synthesizer music, you'll uh, you'll appreciate it. Yeah, that is good. That is super good. Yeah. Oh, man, so many great tracks on that CD. Like, oh, I can't wait to listen to that. Yeah, it's it's pretty phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, uh, we'll call it there for now for those. Um, but that's uh, that's the kind of wading into the 2018 music. Um, we'll kind of look at some other albums uh, going, you know, the last couple months or last couple of weeks of this month. Probably start even going into next month a little bit, but and then we'll get back to the uh, the Weird Al stuff. Cool. We look at the the various albums. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Uh, cool. Do you have any board games you want to talk about? I know I got something else I wanted to do at some point, but. All right, go ahead, do it. Oh, go ahead. If you got a game. I mean, I've got Dinosaur Island. Oh. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> mm. All right, it's Dinosaur Island. If you like uh, um, Jurassic Park, this is the board game for you. Basically, in this game, you are building. I mean, you're you're John Hammond, and you're building that <laughs> sweet park. Uh, basically, you are uh, competing against who has the best park. And the person who has the most victory points at the end of the game wins. You're trying to complete certain objectives. You're trying to fill your uh, paddocks with dinosaurs, but also try to um, bring in some rides and some other attractions like uh, souvenir shops and other things like that. Uh, basically, what you're doing is every time you introduce more dinosaurs into your park, you raise the excitement level of your park, which means the, the more excitement level you have, the more patrons or visitors you have that come into your park. These people are not only going to give you possible victory points, uh, but they're going to give you money. Uh, So what you want to do is do the best you can to try to get your excitement level as high as you can, but normally when your excitement level rises up, depending on the dinosaurs, your threat level and your boner, the threat (laughs) level and your boner both rise up, and you you need to hire security for both boner and your threat um <laughs> gotta protect that boner if your security level isn't high enough then the dinosaurs do get get out and s- they do eat some of those people who enter your park which means those people are not going to give you victory points <laughs> because Jerks. yeah i mean they gave you money they bought their tickets to get in but they didn't give you victory points did which, they bring their victory points because then i feel like they'd still be in their pockets and when the dinosaurs shit them out then you could just go dig through a I victory point. I don't think so. I think it's more or less kind of just like, uh, like oh, um, advertising, like word of mouth. Like that was, yeah. that's like how I picture victory points in this game. Like, oh, these people really liked it. Not the ones who got eaten, though. They didn't like it that much. <laughs> They're like, well, I mean, that could have probably been taken care of better. Um, but yeah, so you are building, uh, building a, a Jurassic Park. Um, I also got the expansion that just came in through the, uh, the Kickstarter I just got. Um, which introduces water dinosaurs, which is pretty cool. Um, they also introduce PR events. They kind of give you uh, more of a chance to get more victory points. Um, and then there's also blueprints. So in the normal game, when you start laying out some of your dinosaur pens and uh, those attractions, uh, it didn't matter where you put those tiles on your player board. You just put them wherever you want. But now the blueprints actually give you something to work for and work towards. So you want to put these certain attractions and certain dinosaur pens in certain places because at the end of the game for every place that matches your blueprint card you get additional victory points 
which is really cool. So it gives you more stuff to work towards and, and not just like this uh, bland, like, well, I could just put it wherever. Well, who cares? Now it's just like, oh, my blueprints care. All right, I should put these here. Um, <laughs> the architects care. Yeah, the architects are, they know. They just know. Um, and then they also <laughs> introduced these new, uh, two new things called facilities and executives. The executives, to me, they messed up on the Kickstarter a little bit. So, like, right now they've oh. given me no interest, like, interest in it at all. But the facilities are really, really cool, and they've definitely piqued my interest. Uh, so everybody gets a random facility, and these facilities could be, like, uh, a petting zoo, which has just baby dinosaurs. So you can bring visitors there to uh, give you some additional victory points. But these are very, very easy dinosaurs to make because, I mean, they're just baby dinosaurs. And you got little sure. baby dinosaur tokens, which is so cool. Um, you also have a breeding center where you're actually producing eggs. And those eggs will actually uh, start to hatch after a certain amount of time goes by. So that's a very quick way of getting dinosaurs into your island. You also have a casino where you can bring certain visitors to make you money. You have a resort where visitors will normally, after a visitor comes to your park, they'll go away. And then you draw more uh, out of a bag to bring to your park to give you both money and victory points. But this allows you to actually store the people in the island at this resort hotel. So not only do you get to draw for all the excitement that you have, but all the returning customers from the hotel are coming back to the Get some more. Uh, it's such a really cool idea. Um, these facilities, yeah. I think, to me, are probably one of the better ones. The executives are kind of like special special worker uh, tokens that you could place out on your board. Uh, the, how they messed this up in the Kickstarter, though, um, is every single meeple, uh, which are the tokens in the game, are completely different shapes. And every card represents one of those shapes. Uh, so, like, I can have a dinosaur breeder. I can have uh, a... Uh, a technical worker or t a technical executive or whatever, um, you have all these different special specialties that everybody has. The problem is the cards don't show you which damn meeple <laughs> you're supposed to use for it because it was a misprint mm. because the base game, because um, I got the Kickstarter version, but the retail version will have just basic shapes. They're not going to have all the crazy shapes that all the Kickstarter backers got, which is good on one <laughs> hand, but terrible on the other hand because I have no idea which token i'm supposed to use per card i guess i could just choose one that i think might be it <laughs> yeah but they did say that they are going to be uh That's fair. uh sending out the cards to all the kickstarter backers that way they have all the correct uh card art and all that stuff so i mean that's cool um but these <clears throat> these executives don't really uh i don't know i i feel like they're just kind of weird because they just do one specific thing more you can use them as a normal <laughs> worker or you can use them as a normal worker in a specific way to inherit a special ability, which is cool, but you're just like, okay, all right, that's fine. I'm, I guess I'm not completely against that, but at the same time, I'm just like, I don't know if I want to try to add up all the stuff my facility does and my executive meeple and try to work on my blueprints and worry about these PR events. The executive <laughs> meeple is just so specific where like, my, my facility is just like, oh, it's my, my, my little thing that I get to do every single turn that nobody else has, uh, has. I get to raise baby dinosaurs, have a petting zoo. You get to worry about hatching eggs. That person's got the, the casino. So it's really cool just like that. I don't want more stuff. I just like the facility itself. Um, yeah. 
and I tried to get into an argument online because I like to do that through Board Game Geek. <laughs> and a lot of people are like, no, you got to have it. That's that's just what you got to do. That, that That's what ha- helps the drafting. I was like, oh, you just give everybody a random one and still have the first player marker. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. So anyways, I don't know. Um, but I like to get into arguments, hmm. I guess, online. But anyways, <laughs> um, but yeah, I really like Dinosaur Island. I'm hoping after some time I get out of work today, I get to play with all that stuff. Um, I've only played the base game so far a few times. I love, I absolutely love the base game. Uh, just building your park, trying to compete for these objectives, but like building these dinosaurs onto your island. Oh, it's so good, man. I really, really uh, love it a lot. Um, and my version came it. with uh, a slap bracelet. Uh, it's very '90s themed. Uh, I should add that. Uh, it's like a mixture of like late '80s, early '90s, almost like very much like Saved by the Bellish. With yep, all the colors and idea. all the art, uh, it comes with a slap bracelet. It comes with a bunch of pogs. You might ask yourself, what do these pogs do? Nothing. They do nothing. <laughs> they just give you more stuff to just have. So I punched all the pogs, just pogs out, and I just love them. And uh, uh, I was like, oh, damn it. I wish they came with a slammer. But I was like, uh, I guess somebody said the same thing online, and they're like, no, no, no. The, the company, like when you get the pogs, um, that's only for Kickstarters, uh, Kickstarter backers. So you also get the coins. So the developer wanted you to use the money, which are metal money, like metal coins, and you can use those as the slammers. I was like, oh, <laughs> so yeah, you can use. Huh, them. How big are the coins? About the size of a slammer. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was perfect. I was like, makes oh, sense. that makes so much sense. So uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm really, really excited for this game. <laughs> I was gonna say they're like giving you dimes. You're not going to get very far with that. No, no, not at all. I wish <laughs> a lot of people are starting to slowly through the through the uh, the cracks of the, I guess, the darkest part of the earth. They are starting to slip in some, like, stuff, uh, like, review kind of things. Like, why do the dinosaurs do this? Or how come the... It seems like some negative things are coming out of some of this. Nobody's saying anything bad about the blueprints. It seems like those are solid, which I, I, I really want in the facilities. Those are the two main things that I absolutely wanted in this game. Um, okay. So I'm happy with that. The wider dinosaurs, I'm a little disappointed in and seeing some of what I they bring. But, I mean, whatever. I like more variety, so I'm cool with the, yeah. either one. So, Why? What's the uh, downside to that? So like I said, like when you buy a dinosaur pen and then actually create a dinosaur, that gives excitement to your game. Uh, what dinosaurs also do is at the end of the game, depending on how many dinosaurs you have, you have a possibility of getting victory points. So maybe this oh. dinosaur is worth four victory points. Well, I've got four of those dinosaurs, so that means that's a total of 16. 16 victory points. Well, the water dinosaurs, uh, oh, and then dinosaurs normally give you threat, um, but the water dinosaurs, um, they're varied, so uh, every single one of them is a little bit different, but some of them apparently have for every single one of these water dinosaurs you have will give you 10 victory points each, but they don't give you any threat. So there's no balance <laughs> to it at all. It's like why why wouldn't you buy that? And yeah, then the ones that give you water there's some that give you a shit ton of excitement, but they also give you a ridiculous amount of threat. No victory points at the end of the game though. <laughs> I was like, what what is the point of that? Where's the balance at in this one? They should have like raised it up or lowered it down or done something hmm. to make it. But you get a lot of excitement, so I guess that's good. Yeah, you get then, more victory points that way. And a lot of people are uh, using that as an excuse because, yeah, that would be victory points there because that's bringing a lot of people into your park. Um, so, I mean, I'm not 
completely against that idea. That, that does definitely sounds pretty cool as well. But the 10 victory point thing with the no threat, it's like I would be stupid if I did huh. not go for that water dinosaur because that's 40 points if I can get that much Jesus. DNA. That's a lot of points at the end of the game, and most games only go up to about 120. So, I mean, that's almost half the points just with these one pack. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. Do they give you a decent amount of excitement? No. Oh, no excitement? Yeah. No excitement or threat? I don't think it gives you any excitement or threat. I'd have to go back and check. I know it gives you zero threat. I know that for a fact because I was like, what the? I looked at it. I was like, I'm not putting this in my game. Like, that doesn't make any damn sense. But then I saw another <laughs> dinosaur does the same thing. I was like, what? So it's like less, though. It's like eight victory points with no threat. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what is, But maybe it doesn't give you excitement. I mean, you know, yeah, so, I was going to say, in a way, it kind of makes thematic sense in that, you know – the fucking Mosasaurus out there in the lake it can't jump up and really eat your people. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the developers said the exact same thing, too. They're like, well, I mean, in a sense, it, it's in a tank. It's not like it's yeah. going to come out of the tank and actually eat you. It doesn't make any sense. Mm. But uh, I'm not entirely sure. I'm actually going to check. But yeah, It could be a threat to, like, the fucking, you know, boats out there and shit if it gets into the main, you know, ocean and shit. Sure, sure, sure. But overall, though, I'm very excited for the expansion, uh, mainly for the blueprints. I really like the PR events as well, but I would have to play it and house rule it the way that I want to do it. Um, And then also the the facilities. I just really like the idea of just having these baby dinosaurs or this resort. It's just random. Or you could do – it's called the Mega Rex, pretty much Mm -hmm. Jurassic World. You create this ultimate dinosaur. You can only have one of them. It gives you a ridiculous amount of threat, but can give you so many victory points, and it brings in so many people. The excitement level goes through the roof if you have this guy. <laughs> but you have to still make him, but once you make him, it's insanity. So I'm really excited for the uh, the Mega Rex as well, which is one of the facilities. It's just this one specific pen that only you will ever have, and I love that. So how does the threat to- like work? Does it, if you hit a certain total number of threat it causes something bad or just so you roll a dice you have like two see. tracks well you have two main tracks that you're trying to manage um one is the threat and you can manage that because every time you create a dinosaur it raises that threat um the other thing that you have to manage and you do manage is the security threat and or that's what well, is the security for the threat so basically mm-hmm. it's these tracks that you have on your player board that you actually can manipulate so you can hire more security if you know that your threat's going to be at a five you need to have your security equal or more than five. So mm. if I can try to get my security and hire enough of that, then I can bring my security up to five. So for that round, I know that none of my patrons that are coming to the park are going to be eaten. Sometimes you want them to be eaten, which is weird <laughs> because the person who gets to go first next turn is the person in last place on the victory points uh, tracker. So hmm. if you have the least amount of victory points, you're going first, which gives you a bump ahead. That, that way there's no runaway winner. So uh, maybe you're like, well, I kind of want to go first next turn. I'm not going to raise my security up because there's a dinosaur I really, really want next turn. And Um, I want to get there before somebody else does because it is a worker placement game where I'm placing my workers there. And once I go there, nobody else can. Um, And, of course, there's also these dice that are in uh, like amber color. It looks like the amber that you got that you saw in Jurassic Park. And each one of those represents different like DNA that you can use to create these dinosaurs. It's such a thematic game, I'm telling you. It's just a delight. I really, really like huh. this game a lot. That's awesome. But yeah, um, that's Dinosaur Island. Uh, I definitely recommend this game. Definitely the base game. Uh, I'll let people know probably about the expansion. Hopefully, if I can play it tonight, uh, maybe next weekend. Nice. Yeah, That's awesome. All right, go ahead with your, your spiel. My spiels. 
Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit. The uh, the Avengers Endgame trailer came out pretty recently. Um, yes, it did. <laughs> I think everyone's pretty excited by that. Um, it was pretty good, pretty great trailer. Uh, I liked it a lot. Did you? Oh, by the way, Pete, did you see that uh, that Deadpool version of it? No, I did not. It's. Uh, I thought it was going to be better than it ended up being. It was kind of like where Deadpool. Like, uh, replaced all of the characters with Deadpool. <laughs> and Weird. I guess it kind of sounds like Ryan Reynolds is doing the voice, but it's, it sounds like he's, like, very far away <laughs> from what uh, the version I saw, anyway. That's and uh, it was, uh, like, he kind of changes some of the dialogue and stuff. Some of it's a little funny, but a lot of it was just kind of meh. So, I don't know. I, I thought It sounded like a great idea, but the execution, I didn't think it was quite there. Um, but it was still an interesting attempt. Uh, but so the trailer I thought was really good. One of the things we got to see in this trailer was Hawkeye now in a different costume, um, and basically, you know, appearing as the character Ronan from the comics. Um, so, so I thought I'd try to get into a little bit of what that, what that was for anybody who hasn't read the comics and doesn't really know anything about that. Uh, the character of Ronan kind of isn't really any set person it's kind of become this weird thing that only started since i want to say like 2005 2006 and it's been a a mantle i guess that's been held by a lot of people and it seems like it's mostly a tool for writers when they want to have somebody on their team but they don't want to reveal it right away (laughs) that's kind of what it seems like Uh Uh, like it's a professional mystery character um i guess it all starts with uh when brian michael bendis first started uh, his run in the Avengers, he basically, there was this big storyline called disassembled, uh, where all this bad stuff started happening to the Avengers, including all these attacks by different groups, all happening on Avengers mansion all at the same time. Uh, and a couple of, uh, of Avengers died. Jack of hearts. Uh, the vision was killed in like a plane explosion. Hawkeye ended up dying. Um, and basically at the end of it, it turned out that the whole thing was actually all masterminded in a way, by the Scarlet Witch. Um, she had had a breakdown years before she and the Vision had been married, and they somehow had kids. They had, like, twin boys, uh, which was weird, him being a robot and everything. That's strange. <laughs> but it turned out, yeah, it's like, well, that doesn't seem possible. But it turned out those kids were actually pieces of the devil, Mephisto, his name is in the Marvel Universe, the devil's you know, essence or his soul essentially had been splintered and the Scarlet Witch's powers had somehow taken some of those splinters of his soul and formed into these babies. <laughs> uh-huh. So makes perfect sense taking, so far. Yeah. This is comic books, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so he took those splinters back, thus uncreating her babies and making her, you know, a little bit loopy at the time. Because she was very upset that she thought these were just, you know, her babies. So she reacted as any mother would. Um, but for some reason, like, uh, they, were, they had taken those memories away from her at one point. And I think she got them back. But then I guess she lost them again. So she kind of had forgotten about it. And something triggered her where, where this all came back to her. And so she suffered this big mental breakdown at this point And had kind of... Later on, it was revealed there's more to the story, but essentially she had this breakdown and her powers went out of control. And all this, all these people who were attacking the Avengers had all been brought on by her reality warping powers. And she had, you know, basically created them out of thin air. And she was the one behind all this. So 
it kind of tore apart the Avengers a little bit in that basically this was one of their own team members that had gone crazy and killed, uh, you know, a couple of other other team members. So they were kind of disheartened by this. And they're kind of like, wow, we kind of dropped the ball here. <laughs> Look, we probably should have seen this coming and done something about it beforehand. But the threat came from inside our own ranks. Like, that's not good. Maybe we should break up the uh, the Avengers and stop doing this. So they kind of did that for a couple of months. And there were actually were no Avengers. But by this point, they had already like started, um, you know putting out ads for the new Avengers in the comic books. So you knew they were coming back. Yeah. This wasn't going to be a big permanent thing. Um, So they started up a new series called the new Avengers, which basically started out with a big prison breakout at the supervillain prison, the raft, Um, a bunch of supervillains broke out. Some heroes that were nearby had kind of gone to help out, including Captain America, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Wolverine, Daredevil, Luke Cage, uh, The Sentry, and I think that's about it. Those were the main people that were there. So they had kind of helped try to keep some of the supervillains from breaking out, but a lot of them still ended up getting into the city and escaping and that kind of thing. But basically after kind of working together during this prison breakout, a lot of them decided, hey, let's maybe we should give the Avengers another try. We'll put in some safeguards so what happened before doesn't happen again. <laughs> uh, but we're all going to, you know, we'll try this again. Um, and there was a lot of friction, like some of them didn't want Wolverine on the team since he likes to kill people, (laughs) tends to do that kind of thing. Um, so there was kind of some friction and that kind of thing. And Captain America went to Daredevil to try to get him to join this team since he had been part of that group. And he's like, Hey, I want to work with you. You know, you should join the Avengers. But Daredevil had a lot of shit going on in his life at the time. Like he had kind of been exposed as being Daredevil as, you know, Matt Murdock as Daredevil, but he kind of put the lid on it and be like, no, 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 I'm not, I swear. But there was a kind of a big ongoing thing of people not sure what to believe. So he's like, it's not really a good idea for me to do this at this time. I don't think so. I'm going to pass. But I do know somebody that I can, you know, recommend for this team for you. And um, I'll send him your way, basically. So he sent this person named Ronan to join the Avengers instead. Um, I guess Brian Michael Bendis had originally intended for Ronan to be Matt Murdock. And basically it's just him putting on another costume so that he wouldn't have that baggage of Daredevil behind him. But for some reason they didn't end up doing that. Like whatever was going on in Daredevil's own book prevented that from happening. The weird thing is that like Brian Michael Bendis was writing that book as well. (laughs) So it's like, well, you knew what was going on with that character. So how did you not see this coming? Um, But anyway, so instead it was revealed later on after running to kind of appeared a couple of times, not very often. Like she was like, actually the character of Ronan was on a lot of covers for those early issues, but she wasn't actually in the book until later on. Uh, So she finally first appeared when uh, they were, the Avengers had gone to Japan and they were having this big fight with the hand and Ronan shows up this character and like a black, black, like samurai ninja type outfit. It's got like a black mask with just little, you know, white eye holes and that kind of thing. And it's got like a mostly black costume, but with some yellow and green like striping on it and that kind of thing. And uh, so after this uh, big battle they have, they kind of meet Ronan and and she takes off her mask. It it turns out the first Ronan was a woman, uh, a character by the name of Echo, uh, who had appeared in Daredevil before and was kind of like, she'd been manipulated by the Kingpin into being a villain. She didn't, know that she was doing bad things she just you know she thought wilson fisk was this nice guy who raised her but turns out he had actually been the one to kill her father and that kind of thing and she was trying to 
poison her against Daredevil, think, making her think that Daredevil did it, but it was really the kingpin all along. So she had – she was deaf, but she had – kind of like a ripoff of the Taskmaster's powers where she could see – had like a photographic memory to the point where she could see people do things and then she could do them you know, just like they did. So it worked even when she saw people do moves. So it helped her become a really good fighter. So she was the first Ronin. Uh, she wasn't on the team very long because soon after she was killed, <laughs> she didn't last a whole, you know, very long at all. Uh, but by this point, so the, the character of Ronin was kind of gone for a little bit. But by this point, Hawkeye had come back to life after being killed in Avengers Disassembled uh, due to another thing that happened that involved the Scarlet Witch, which we won't get into. But he was now back to life. A lot of people didn't know he was back to life. Um, and the superhero Civil War was going on by this point. So he wanted to stay out of this. He didn't want anything to do with the Avengers or any of this. He was just kind of going off to do his own thing. Um, but eventually, like once Norman Osborn started coming into power after the, the Skrull invasion, like he was like, fuck this. I got to get, you know, I can't, I can't stand by and watch this happen. So he decided to join the secret, you know, the, the new Avengers, which is kind of the underground team. At this point, there were two different Avengers teams. There's Tony Stark's, you know, pro registration Avengers that were actually sponsored by the government. Or there was the underground team, which was on the run from that team, essentially, because they didn't want they didn't register and all that kind of stuff. So he joined the underground team. Um but he didn't want everyone to know he was still he was back to being alive. So he took on the character of Ronan at this point to hide his identity a little bit and kind of keep it you know, on the down low that he was alive. So he did that for a little while, and eventually he did end up becoming Hawkeye again. Uh, there were some other Ronins after him. There was uh, one of the characters from Russia's super team, like the Winter Guard. I think his name was Red Guardian. I think he was like the third Ronin for a little bit. I don't even know why that one happened, really. <laughs> it was just kind of stupid. Um, and then, like, the, I think the fourth and most recent one was during this one run of kind of this local Avengers team run by Luke Cage. Uh, there was a guy who had come in, and he first appeared. He was, in, he was in town investigating some kind of a supernatural threat. And he didn't want people to know that he was there because it might tip him off that, you know, to have him be there. So he kept his identity secret and he wore a Spider-Man costume at first, like some knockoff Spider-Man costume. And then like, they eventually found like Hawkeye's old stuff and they saw the Ronin costume in there. So he started wearing that instead. And it turns out that that mystery character who was in town and didn't want, I didn't, I don't know if they ever explained why he didn't want people to know who, that he was in town, but whatever. Turns out that the fourth version of Ronin was blade. Uh, so that was kind of cool. It makes sense for him because he already uses a sword anyway. So it kind of makes sense that he would be a character like this. Um, so I think that's pretty much the last most recent person to take up the character of Ronan. Like I said, it's just kind of a, a thing that's kind of been handed down in weird ways where it's like, I'm not sure why, but it, I guess people just like using it and they like having this character that you can always show this character and not really know who is under that mask He's at any symbol. given time. Yeah. Essentially. So that is the character of Ronan. Um, I'm guessing, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious from the trailer why Hawkeye has taken this turn. I think we can all kind of figure out what, what brought that upon him. Yeah. But, God, I can't wait to see that movie. Yeah, it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, I had to look up what Ronan, who Ronan was, and uh, I did a little bit of research, and yeah. I learned yeah. exactly what he told me, and it all lined up. You gave a little bit more information, which is always good because you, you read more comics than anybody ever. <laughs> than anyone should, really. Yep. 
All right. Well, that's cool. I'm looking forward to this movie. Uh, it'll be good. Uh, it'll come out next year, which I'm kind of, I got a little chubby. I got I a little chubby. See <laughs> Can't uh, wait. All right. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Well, you got anything else then? Um, I think that's mostly about it. Uh, I think we've mentioned it on this show before, but uh, I guess it, we'll might as well drop the bomb here a little bit that uh, our next franchise that we're going to be looking at is going to be the Rocky franchise. <laughs> that sound is Peter's face curling into lips of joy. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. It's not that bad. Even if you even if you don't like it, which I would think you would. Like most people seem to like it. But even if you don't like, you'll get something out of it. Like they are a big pop they're a big part of like pop culture. So a lot of things reference them. So if nothing else, you'll at least be like, hey, I get those references now. I mean that's true, but at the same time, you're like, oh it's not a bad series, it's pretty good. I mean the first and second one are pretty bad, but I mean after that it's it's I'm no, like, I mean, they're not even bad. Like, they're a little dated. The fight scenes are definitely not the best in those. Like, the actual boxing scenes are a little rough. But as a movie, like, they are really good. Like, as just a story with interesting characters, they're really good. And they honestly do get you fired up a little bit. And they're really kind of inspirational in a weird way. And uh, I really like them. I know it seems like every... Like every show or podcast or anything that I listen to, they everybody seems to like these. So I don't think it's just me, like in some bubble here, thinking <laughs> these movies are as great as they are. Uh, like even James Rolfe like loves these movies. So James Rolfe likes all of the old movies. <laughs> I'm not going to take him as a good reference. If it came from the <laughs> '80s or '90s or even the late '70s, he's going to like it. True. If it came out on VHS, he likes it. <laughs> he really liked Creed too, though. I saw his review on that. He was he was a big fan. So, yeah. all righty. Well, okay. I did uh, send the the first six movies, uh, the the six Rocky movies. I sent those out in the mail yesterday. Sweet. So I think you'll be getting those by Tuesday or Wednesday. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I guess I'm I'll be looking forward to those. And then I guess we're starting that next week. Yep. Next week we'll start with the original Rocky. All right, cool. Uh, sounds good. I'm excited for it. <laughs> you lie with the best of them. Ah, yes. Um, all right. Well, cool. Well, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show yet. Did I mention the, the Gummy Bear podcast on this one? No, not that. Well, you think you did on last episode, but none of them had gone up at that point. Okay. Well, I'm going to do this one last time because I don't want to do this all the time. Um, but basically, if you guys aren't aware, uh, I've started a podcast called the gummy bear podcast which it's a kind of like a a comedy interview that's a what the gummy bear factory podcast. oh yeah oh yeah the gummy bear <laughs> Fa- i don't even know the name of my own podcast show <laughs> uh, but yeah it's called the gummy bear factory podcast and basically it's just an interview comedy show where i uh bring somebody on who's interviewing for possibly uh the the mantle of willy wonka ish where i'm the president of the gummy bear factory and they are trying to score points that in one day Hopefully, I will die, and they can become the new president of the Gummy Bear Factory. Um, and it's pretty much just a fun, hopefully like... Hopefully, one day, I will die. Hopefully, one day, I will die. <laughs> it's morbid. <laughs> it is morbid, but that is, that's what you guys are doing. But basically, you guys just answer crazy interviewee questions uh, in different rounds, and basically, they're just crazy 
crazy questions, and hopefully you guys give crazy answers. And if you are interested in being part of this, you can always just uh, email me at the GBF podcast at gmail.com um, or you can always just listen to the show which is also on Spotify and on iTunes uh, there's also a Facebook page so you can always get a hold of me that way as well um, and then yeah I mean it's a fun podcast I definitely have a lot of fun Kevin was my of course my very first guest which was a lot of fun to do um, there are two episodes up now he'll probably be my third guest as well so that should be <laughs> fun um, but yeah uh, it's a good podcast booking agent yeah, we'll have to see. <laughs> All righty, everybody. Well, I think that's enough for today. So uh, this has been another great episode from the Original Janksters. I'm Peter Jank. That's Kevin Jank. And as always, remember to flip that tip. And have a great rest of your weekend. <laughs>